0: Yeah, now I think back. Actually, you can't feel anything. Just, just no. the sort of vague sort of.
1: And are you just like, like a camel, like peeling back, <laughs> peeling back your lips? Go go go, 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 go mad! Yeah, baby, go for it, darling. Yeah. Yeah. Someone walks into a room and it's just you laid back, and all these women taking turns to lick your teeth. These parents are not on the door. Are they doing drugs in there? Yeah. What are they doing? Yeah. Opening it up. You've got like the club. <laughs> Or give us a molar. Give us <laughs> a molar. I want to lick one of his molars.
0: George, did I ever tell you about the time I auditioned to be in a film starring Sir Ronan and a young Tom Holland? Um, no. <laughs> I can you that. 91 episodes to yeah. not, not mention that. So sounds like a dream you had. This was unreal. I want to say 11, 12 years ago. So I was a sick former. Okay. And this call went out for uh, North London boys who are like, you know, actors, right? But right. like unknowns. Why North London? I don't know, probably like London schools. Okay, London see. schools. They you come across the tannoy like in an American high school. Yeah. So- <laughs> down. Down. There's a call for <laughs> auditions in the gym. So my drama teacher, I was uh, doing A-level drama, and my drama teacher gets this email from this, like, you know, she's probably on a network from casting directors looking for young men with talent to come and do this audition. And she presented it to three of us in our drama class. She was like, oh, would you be interested to go and audition for this film? And so she's like, oh, yeah, it's this audition. It's like a blind casting thing. You go into this, like, walk up in Soho. Like, do you want to do it? And I was like... Yeah, and all we knew at the time is that Sersha Ronan was attached to do it. Hmm. Which remember, like at the time she was she's big because she'd obviously been in the tone, yeah. but she wasn't, you know But she's now. As huge, but like, she I was didn't... known. She was a known, she was that young actor that everyone yes. liked. Like that that really great young girl who was really good and everything. And I was like, Oh my god, like a thing. Yeah. So I go to this uh obviously you can tell how this audition went. Yeah, I just story you haven't told you. Yeah. So it's like my first ever audition, like obviously like for an actual Script mm. with a casting director who wasn't like a drama teacher. Yeah. First ever audition. so I go into this um, Soho office up like the third floor and there's like a meeting room and I see like 18 guys just yeah. all the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of them's wearing a cowboy hat and it's like, of course someone's wearing a cowboy hat like, like we're out. in LA yeah. just to stand out. And we're all like holding this crinkled bit of dialogue. Yeah. And um, the film is called How I Live Now. How I, oh, and yeah, it, I came out yeah, it came out in 2013. It came out in 2013. Hang on, who was the male in that? The guy who got the role from me was George McKay. Oh, who, yeah. from uh, 1917, I yeah, yeah. um, can't remember what else he was in. But uh, yeah, and, then, and there's a young Tom Holland in that film as well. But anyway, so I, get, um, I finally get called my number... And I go into the cast and I'm reading dialogue, obviously it's is for a male part. And then there's a female part, which the casting director reads. I remember I was like, you know, confident. And it's very, the dialogue was very like casual and to, just like throw it go, off. Yeah. And so it's actually really hard to make an impression. You're actually probably looking for a vibe rather than like really good acting. So yeah, and then, it's more like a camera test, isn't it? Really, Yeah, yeah, yeah really it's sure. like a camera test. And like, I get in and there's this guy who's like, maybe, you know, late 20s, early 30s, reading opposite me, like very sort of quick to the point, which I understand because mm. he's probably seeing like 100 guys yeah. in a day. And he says, hey, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, if you want to sit there, and we'll go for it. Are you ready to go? And I was like, yeah, ready to go. And so I read the first line of dialogue and he responds in a high-pitched female voice, which just throws what? me immediately. So I'm like, what have you got in that bag? And he's like, I don't know, maybe just sing. And it threw me so much that I was like, Maybe completely that's the test. thrown Deliberate. maybe that was the test to throw yeah. me so um, I felt like I gave a very average audition it was the Somewhere. start and end of my acting career <laughs> well like proper acting yeah. career and um, to this day I haven't seen the film because out of solidarity to my own career and what As could be. representation and the actors in that film Tom Holland Spider-Man Saoirse Ronan yeah. wildly successful and critically acclaimed George Mackay also very well. so Mackay 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 yeah. Mackay Mackay <laughs> you said that you've never heard that name before he's dead what? to me <laughs> George but obviously like yeah. I, I didn't even get a rejection. I just one day saw a trailer for the film. <laughs> I was uh, like, Oh, oh. that <laughs> you didn't go.
1: Oh, the film's who am I playing? Yeah. But
0: it wasn't like I didn't clock that that was Tom. Holland. I was like, no one knew who Tom Holland was until he yeah. was Tom Holland. Yeah, then of course. It was only later. I looked back and be like, Oh, this film was uh, a breeding ground for top talent. I think that film got also was, was like buried. It was like, Oh, it really was wasn't. two Saoirse Rodin films that came out in 2013. The other one was like, it was the science, It was like the YA um, dystopia, not dystopia, it was, like, it was called like the novice or the, the source or something. It was yeah. like very generic looking, that's one which tanked. Yeah, And How I Live Now sort of came around about a similar time. She was on the verge. And it was, she was directed like by some... Kevin MacDonald yes. who did Last King of Scotland. Yes, and that's Last what King I remember thinking, was like, that film got a tiny release. Yeah, I don't know how Many that holds up now. I've not seen How I Live Now. No, no, I'm not sure no, how last game like in Scotland holds up now. Ooh, I've not seen it in a long mm, time. Like a really young James McAvoy. He's yeah. probably younger in that film than we are now. Fuck. I know. I've yeah. uh, not seen How I Live Now as well. It's, no. it's just one of those films that... I need to compile this list, because in my head I have a like miscellaneous number of films that I've just completely forgotten. They've got yeah. a little bit of talk about, and then they mm. just disappear, and they're like, it's like 1984, and they're like, vaporized, it's very mind no, wiped. It's very novelly. this, the, 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 how I live now. Yeah, it's based on a book, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's I know it's things based on a book, but some things are distinctively novelly. Yeah. Like, it's like a young girl who moves into the countryside and meets a boy who's troubled. And then, and the, then, then war- there's like yeah. a nuclear war. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going <laughs> to say, I was like, spread, there's a bit of war yeah. in there. So there's like a, like a very conventional romance that's then that it's like, well, now there's a nuclear fallout. This is how I live now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the Well, I I have an audition story. So I have have three. I auditioned for, again, so there's auditioning and then there's like auditioning. So I had your thing, which is like an announcement was put out at school. They were like, they're casting the new... Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. This is is the the Freddie Highmore. This is is the Johnny Depp. And they were like, and it was a bit like like an Aryan program because they're like they're looking for blonde and blue eyed boys, okay? (laughs) To play Charlie Bucket. (laughs) And so like immediately like half the class were like, oh, and then like half of us were like, I got blonde hair, I got blue eyes. And we went down. And what again, year is this? Sorry, I would say. Well, I mean, two thousand three. This is like two thousand. No, I think two thousand four. Early two thousand four. Film came out. In what two thousand five? I want to so say. It, been, it had to have been earlier than that. No, no. To no. cast. Anyway. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure we call you remember. The production it was something like that. Yeah, and um, you're like nine. But I was like 10, 11. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, oh no, you're right. I think yeah. it was about ten. And uh, whatever I, I remember, it being at the school, the the agent came to the school the you know, casting director, or whatever, and they set it up and we went in and read the lines and you know and it was like yeah that's great the next thing we know freddie highmore who has brown hair and brown <laughs> eyes is cast and we were all like oh what a con this guy's already Ooh. been in two movies as yeah. well um no he and you know freddie highmore's gone on to have you know a successful career so. freddie highmore went to my rival school so like the boys mm, school near me that, yes. we, that we throw stones we don't really throw stones but like so you and i both have beef with freddie yeah highmore. Yeah, yeah so he was always like how, how old is freddie highmore i assume he's Do our is he? I thought he was older than us. No, I bet he's even younger. Maybe no. He's just been in the he's been in the game for a while. Get up, Freddie! Here Heimer we go. Stats. Freddie Highmore. Oh, he- I, I take that back. He's thirty-one. Yeah. He's thirty-one. He also has. He does. Look- oh, so he would have been in the my friends' year at Highgate. That's so. So I have friends who obviously like say rival school. I have friends at that school. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> like a sporting rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think he was in that year, and he was always in and out of the school. Right. And it's like a, I think it's like Highgate's quite school is quite like a high pressured school. You just dropped in where you just, you, you just no. That's the other. School, that's the school that Freddie Highmore went to. Oh, yeah, yeah. got it. Got quite it, a high sorry. pressured, yeah, like yeah, yeah. academic school. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he was like in and out. So Everyone was like, "Well, how's he like doing that?" But it doesn't matter mm. he hightailed it out of there to Hollywood. Um, anyway, so that's go my to, first one. Go to highgate School, please I wouldn't be seen dead there. Spit <laughs> <laughs> <But they're still laughs> yeah. on the old chumlians. Yeah. If you that's Google a cool rivalry, there, yeah. you can tell where I went to school. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. The uh, and then and then, so that was one one. But the, uh, I also auditioned for Game of Thrones. Oh, who for Joffrey. You? What? And
1: uh, did, Where did yeah, that? Happen? That happened in. Two, I did not audition to be Joffrey. Yeah, I auditioned for that in 2010. <laughs> you never <laughs> told me you auditioned to
0: be Joffrey. I did. I did. And I, I, I think you'd have made a really I good think Joffrey. I would have too, but but I, not as an insult but, to you. but I, mean, just, I, I think, feel like you would have lapped it up. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I would have been good too. And I think that uh, I, unfortunately, what held me back was that I had untypical to Westeros. I had braces. <laughs> Uh, and, I, and i and i continued to have braces for another 18 months so and they weren't willing to hold the production off for the braces so um so so i gave good i gave good <laughs> menace as well like Wait, so
1: that would have been what pre-2010 so it was like,
0: 2010 it was 2010 i auditioned to. out 2011 honestly and I remember and and I remember reading about on Wikipedia there was a very tiny blurb about Sean Bean had been cast in this fantasy series based on these books I'd never heard of and I remember the scene it's in season one I think episode two when they're on the road from Winterfell to King's Landing in a carriage it's not in the carriage. No, it's about when he's in the forest with the butcher's boy and the... the oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great, yeah. 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 That's it. And like, I could tell that it was being... He had to be mean to Sansa and I picked up on yeah. all that and stuff. I already enjoyed playing it, but I think they looked at me and they were like, what's the metal in his mouth for? <laughs> you turned like Darla from Finding Nemo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did I get the part? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's my short of acting career there. So, tell me about the audition experience. Where well, again, it? that was So I, I used to do like a Saturday drama school yeah. uh, thing. I was like, a, you know just whole, like the same way kids do football club. I did drama. Yeah. Nights, like, weekend, <laughs> um, And it was great. I actually had, you know, I did that for many, many years and it was yeah. a great experience. But anyway, but like, they obviously were like scouting. God damn it, Jack Leeson. And they, uh, they were like, oh, uh, uh, they're looking for parts of this. And then they auditioned for like loads of different things. And I think I did okay because, so they, they were there for the whole day. So we would, we normally the club would run from like 10 till four. And we would do all these different classes. But the, they they set up in a room all day and they were auditioning other kids for different parts. I think they were auditioning for Sansa and Aya. Wow. And uh, and then I I think I did okay because I read twice. That's always a good yeah. sign. So I read once in the morning, once and then I think I and, and was, they were but, looking at me uh,
1: and they were holding them <laughs>
0: like over their mouths <laughs> some yeah, teeth. Yeah, like yeah. Truman shows. <laughs> <chose. laughs> um, no, they uh, uh, but that was yeah, that was that, and I remember, and you know, that was a good. Experience and I remember the casting director saying that was quite cool, um, but that didn't go anywhere. And obviously, like, yeah. I get yeah, because I had a metal mouth, Terminator <laughs> mouth, and uh, George. and then before you know it, yes, uh, it, it was on TV, and it was, a, and obviously, Jack Leeson did a fantastic, yeah, I thought he was you really, know, I, I, th- I think good. they picked the right guy, yeah, um. And then my third audition story... He's like the Jake Paul of, like, olden times. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's seeing you, see what you mean? That's yeah. how it works. Jake Paul yeah. of Western. So um, my third and uh, most successful audition <clears throat> story was that I auditioned for a TV show that got picked up called... Uh, I was about to say Normal People. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, <laughs> you no it watch. was called Beautiful People. This, uh, this is, like, yes. 2008. Oh, I know yeah. a guy who was in that. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, who do you know? The guy, was it the the- guy, a guy I went to school with who's an actor who was in uh, that show with Jeremy Irons... Not the Tudors, the Borgias. What was his name? Was it Luke Ward Wilkinson? No, I his name's uh, his name's Benny Gurr. He went to my school, okay. and he was the guy at the very end of that show right, that he the kisses. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. So, so just to clarify for people who won't remember, this much forgotten. Oh yeah, very BBC small show. So, so this is a show called Beautiful People that was based on uh, the bio- autobiography or the memoirs of a guy, a guy called Simon who had grown up in Reading. All right. Right, where, where I'm from, which is why they were casting in Reading, UK and like a you know crappy part of Reading and then had like gone on to be like, uh, done very well in New York in fashion or something like yeah. that. Like a, and it got kind of like a Tan, tan France <coughs> kind of like figure, <laughs> yeah. um, pre-Tan France. And, and uh, it was about his early life and it was going to be, he was like when he was dreaming about being in fashion, it was him and his best friend. And they cast in Reading and this was, and then my drama teacher at school, I think, no, again, I think you was see the drama club it was just like, oh, they are auditioning for this thing. And mm. then they came and they, uh, oh, I had to go to someone's house. I can't remember how, whatever, but I had to go and audition for this thing. And uh, it, it was a BBC production. It was all like quite exciting. And I auditioned and like these other auditions, I thought it would go anywhere. Although this is pre Game of Thrones one, but I just thought, okay, just did, went read the part. That's great. But then James, this is 2007. I remember this now. Yeah. I get a call back. You're like 12, 13. I am t- 13. This, I get a call back. <laughs> And I have to go to the BBC for my callback for a whole day of like prep and excitement. And it's the, I remember because it was the day of my cousin's wedding. So I missed that. Wow. So my dad drove me. You're like, I'm going to be yeah. fucking. Me and my dad game went game to, to, to the BBC, to television center. And I remember seeing like, I remember seeing David Mitchell, Lee Mack, wow. Rob, um, Robert Winston, just all these people just like walking oh, around. Oh, seven big shots. Yeah, at the BBC. yeah, that's it, yeah. right? And uh, it was a whole day of you know like workshop exercises with all these other kids Ooh. and because um, I uh, yeah and it, it, that it was really like fun and then we went into read and I remember because the, the 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 cast the producer of the show was John Plowman who is a big uh, BBC a big British TV comedy producer yeah. he produ- he's produced many stuff in, including the, the Office. And he's just like, he was quite famous. And I remember when we were reading about this show, it was like, oh, John Plowman is is involved in this. And he was in the room, but like, I didn't, he was just a generic man to me. I mean, I kind of knew who he was, but like... And I remember getting in there, and it was—I think—I think it went quite well. But I remember—is everyone trying to outdo each other? A little bit. It was oh yeah. The, I hated the workshops when they were like they were giving us loads of improv exercises with yeah. all these other kids, and some oh my like theatre kids. Oh, it's theater, nuts. Oh, just like everyone's trying to shine. Yeah. everyone louder and together. bigger and yeah. more. Oh, I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> yeah. And I find that stuff so. That's fucking. where you went wrong, man. That's why you're here chatting to me. I'm not competitive <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah, look at us. Um, anyway, so I go, I go into the room, and I we have to read this scene, and. Uh, I remember, I thought, I think I probably came across as a bit of a, probably too much, shocker, a bit of a smart-ass. Yeah. I shot myself in the foot because, like, there's this scene, I was trying to make small talk, but I was just being very kind. But, like, do you know that John Plowman is the one fronting this? No, no, he's there. So John Plowman's there and two other people, and they're, like, reading this scene. And in this scene, the character is watching uh, uh, a clip from the film Carrie and is talking about the dress, whatever. And he was like, "Okay, so this is the scene where they're watching Carrie. Do you know Carrie?" And I went, "Yeah, Stephen King." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, like I was playing a guessing movie round or something. <laughs> yes, of course, from 19- <laughs> nineteen. And, and, like, I could see his eyes be sort of like what uh yeah sure i like 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 i give a shit like uh, i'd really yeah, like to meet. good like, points to
1: you even a younger George, i'd love to meet like yeah. an eight-year-old george and yeah. just chat to him about uh, things. So I was like, I, <laughs> i'd love to play our movie games yeah. with an eight-year-old
0: george i think it would be so fun um anyway so i said like oh yeah yeah stephen king just like okay cool and then we uh we did the scene and i think it went perfectly fine um but uh needless to say I didn't I didn't make it through the next one. And they went with a guy who'd already again who's someone who actually they, they has let you, They let they to you, you think Yeah, it could be original. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe plucked them out from now. Even Daniel Radcliffe's sort of casting director background. Exactly. Anyway. But um, it's all just a lie. Yeah, and so they got they got this other kid who was fine. And also and, like but sorry. No, sorry. But sorry, they made the show. And Olivia Colman yeah. played the mother before Olivia Colman was like outside this of was, being an extra in Mitchell and Webbler. Yeah, this was Sophie from Peep Show yes, era. Sophie from of, Peep of Show, Olivia <laughs> Colman, and I think that's the probably only memorable thing of that, that that era. And I watched a bit of the show, and it was okay. It, was, it ran for yeah, two seasons, and it's like completely forgotten now. Yeah. Um, but I did, I felt great. Like I didn't need to get the part. I felt great that I was able to go to the to sort of knock on the door of greatness. Yeah. Of to, like, to the experience of going to the BBC and, and doing it. It's amazing that you never know. You're like how close you are to like a complete pivot in yeah. your, in your life direction. But it could also, it could also mess you up. If you're a kid, if you're a, you know, um, if you, uh, are an actor and you like, let's say, I, let's say I got that part it really would have really disrupted like yeah. school life. Yeah. It, just, it plucked you into a whole new world. Um, I also the big the big thing that I think people need to remember. I like give advice, but like obviously we're kids then. And you're reading from a sheet, but it's like just learn the lines. Don't yeah. Oh my god. Hold the sh- all these auditions every like time reading the stuff. No, learn the lines. Look at the person. Every at the time. Don't look like the camera, but look at the look at the person and like act with them. Um, and I think that's true not just for acting. When I've done work with people who are paid to talk on camera and like everyone else is prepared. Yeah. And like obviously I'm behind the camera, but it's like, we've all prepared our bit. Yeah. We've all spent hours setting up. Yeah. And when someone is paid, usually like more money to stand and say something. I'm like, you had yeah. six lines of dialogue to do today. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't even like scan across it. Mm. I understand like things change, but I'm often like, come on, like that's the job. I think there's a part of people that thinks that oh, I don't want to learn them too well because I don't, I don't want to have them set in stone and then I won't be able to yeah. react to the situation. But I've heard some like titan TV presenters now in mm. their youth were like very would get very upset. Mm. And they're apparently like old rushes of them like getting really hyped up if they didn't get the lines perfectly because i think it's very competitive especially when tv was what tv was mm. in the day you were competing to be like that established mm. presenter space but that's our background that's not that funny we have these these little stories yeah in the back we were like no thank you i won't take the road to greatness i will do we a will film comment about other people doing do great things yeah um just uh, before we go into the show a couple of um, any other business stuff first of all um When we did the Great Actors episode, we asked, we were like, Keoghan, Kioffan, Keegan. It's Keoghan. I've been informed by somebody who commented on a YouTube. Apparently the G in uh, Irish names, you don't pronounce, like apparently the surname Gallagher would be Gallagher. So you just, so just dropped the G. Bevan, Kier- you've been Kier- letting Kier- us sit here this Bevan, entire it wasn't time. Even Bevan. Bevan didn't even write in. It was, it was a different uh, member of the Irish committee. Oh, so good. thank you for, I can't remember the name, but that person who commented, I appreciate that. Um, uh, that episode, everyone loved it. If you haven't checked it out, please. Everyone, uh, I love that. Uh, everyone, everyone, everyone loved it. It was it it. the, it was was the, the best most video. incredible. Nobody, nobody so loves well. actors more than we do.
1: Have you seen that video, which yeah. is <laughs> things Trump loves? More than everyone else, and it's him. Like nobody loves the Chinese more than I do. It's like nobody loves the LGBTQ community more than me.
0: And it's just a list of things that he likes he more than everyone hates. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other thing was that we asked. We were talking about people with character actor faces and leading man's bodies. Yeah. See Adam Driver. Yes. A little bit of Paul Mes No, not Paul Mescal. He's leading man. But um, someone commented. We want to know what the reverse was. Yeah. Someone very astutely pointed out that that is Timothy Chalamet. He's got yes, a leady man's very, face, but he's got such a weedy. Yes, I, but I would I saw, say it's very catwalk, high fashion. Yeah, but I saw a photo of him, of Timothy Chalamet, at one of these fashion events, taking in a sort of candid moment. And I was like, oh, you are a scrawny, he's you have him. the body of a, of a chimney sweep, a Dickensian <laughs> I heard, I heard chimney him do sweep. I this interview. I think it was an actor's, on actors thing where he was going to do bones and all, and he needed to lose weight because he was like a skinny cannibal. And Luca Guardini apparently asked him, was like, hey, by the way, like, you know, I will need you to lose some weight for the role. And <laughs> Timothee Chalamet was just like, but I'm really skinny. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was like, oh, we should lose more weight. And I can't remember who the other actor was. So she was like, are you just not eating? And he's like, yeah, just like not really eating. Yeah, and they sort of acknowledged yeah, it as like not, not yeah. healthy behavior, but they just brushed past it. Oh God. It's like, imagine, he's really thin. Yeah. And in that film, he's really, really skinny. But like, I, isn't, I didn't actually notice that because he, he, he's basically clothed for the entire, he doesn't really feel no, much he, skin. Of course, he's got like an open shirt. You see his abs all the time, in bones and all. Yeah, but like he, he blood all over. I it. think it was unnecessary. I think I think he could. Oh, yeah, mother may I. Um, I? I think he could have just stayed the way he was, probably. And I couldn't I, I use my I wasn't imagination. Like, God, he's a bit plumped. <laughs> you let the guy have an ice cream once in a while, <laughs> yeah. for God's sake. Yeah. Um, and that was that was the only other business. Also, just to talk about whilst we're free chatting, mm. you and I uh, were shooting something in a cinema. Uh, We did, yeah, it was good fun. And it was quite an experience being in a liminal space. Yes, we went to a a big multiplex at nine in the morning to do some filming before the screening started at like 10, 11. Which itself was in a big, huge shopping center yes and, and i had it was a lot really fun to see it, it was to be you know so liminal spaces are these spaces where you're not meant to spend more than the the time that the space is designed for a specific purpose if you yeah. spend longer than you're meant to be in them they feel quite weird you find a lot of these in airports Hospitals, in quiet hotels uh, you know in airports there's like busy areas. you know when you typically the baggage uh when you get your bags yeah. there's like a corner of that massive room yeah. that's a liminal space at the shining hotel yeah. um yeah, those tend to be uh, Google liminal spaces. But, but they're then, really creepy. Yeah, corridors, all, all airports technically, yes. and hospitals, and 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 yeah, conference centres. Yes, conference centres. But. Um, so we're in the shopping centre at nine o'clock in the morning, and again, it's dead. Dead. But actually, it didn't feel uncomfortable. It felt fantastic. It was, it was lovely. so relaxing, because it was big and open. And, and, and I walked in, the, and the, the the escalators aren't working. Yeah. I'm, like, looking to find a coffee, and it's just me and, like, two, like, construction workers getting a coffee, and yeah. it's just quiet. Lovely. And then in the cinema, we go in there, and you and I are, like, shooting stuff, and we're in there for, like, you know, an hour, two hours. Yeah. And being in that kind of, like, auditorium, or acoustically... Clamped. yeah. Uh, a, a sensory deprivation kind of room yeah um, it was really strange it was quite a fun experience but also quite bizarre you come yeah. out and it's like I haven't seen a film before. and also it's like a light chamber right like, yeah. like a locked off light chamber so you, all the light is artificial yes. so you're a little bit phased like every time you come out of the cinema and it's still daytime mm. you're a little bit like oh my eyes hurt after I came yeah. out of being in that time for <laughs> we, so long. part of what we had to do was consume quite a lot of, slu- of, of slushy and blast. popcorn yeah. in the morning so I was sort of vibrating on yeah. my
1: way home woo <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um and then, yeah, it was quite interesting as well because we, we were filming something in a cinema screen and we needed the illusion of light on the screen to yeah. play. So we asked the cinema, like, can you just whack on some trailers for us? Yeah. No sound, which took a lot of communicating. So it it's yeah. like, I need something on the screen with no sound, yeah. but I need the visual. Yeah. And Hold so they- the sound, please. So they just, like, threw some ads on. But, like, after about half an hour, we realised what they did was essentially just, like, wh- whack on a Barbie screening. Yeah. So the ad stopped, and then we just realised that, oh, Barbie was playing. And while we were, like, shooting some stuff on the screen, we, wa- we watched, like, what, 25 minutes of Barbie? Silent. In mute. Yeah. And it was, like, quite interesting to watch it again with no sound. Yeah, because you see and seen is- it twice. Yes. And seeing it again for a third time without any audio was, like it was like we were in like the final cut production booth watching the edit. and Just going through the visual effects. And you really see how much of cinema is communicated visually without... It's actually a really interesting exercise to watch something. And you can actually see almost like the blueprint of the structure... Coming in, we ended like, up like know, podcasting basically, yeah. but
1: like we just sat there with like loads of popcorn. Yeah. We were actually mic'd up when we were recording. It's an interesting
0: conversation that maybe we'll put out. I don't know if it's like yeah. worth. It. We were just talking about yeah, like and that gag, like how does that relate yeah. and reflecting on our thoughts of the film. You do see, yeah, the bare bones of when without the audio, we're like, okay, so that's a joke for Michael Sarah there, like a storyboard. Then, yeah, yeah, that's a Ryan yeah. Gosling bit there. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, it's exactly like a storyboard, yeah. and it's like that we, we were talking during the scene when like the first beach scene in Barbie when Ken is like trying to impress her and is doing that gag where he runs into the sea that's made of plastic and the ambulance yeah and just, it's, it's yeah it's very interesting yeah we were uh, we have had some, yeah we had some we won't put it out we had some good thoughts on barbie about about what kind of works how we think about it and what actually doesn't work now we've seen it mm. twice think it's crystallized for us about good stuff here some stuff i think you know mess, I mean, we've covered barbie a lot yeah. in the previous weeks but like um maybe we'll put that out um Needless to say, after all of that chat, this is episode ninety-one. We're like twenty-five minutes in <laughs> <laughs> of of well of of Pulp Kitchen. Yeah, it's, we like sometimes we do like to change it up and have a bit more of a chat. That was a all great, discursive conversation. Oh, your, it was golden! Mate. Your orthodontist preventing you being a star is. I they, did go to my orthodontist. and <laughs> Be like, here is my contract from my agent, yeah. and, they, and they were like, no, they imagine, son. They ripped like, up in front of you my. You want to be a star, don't you? Like putting in the clamps. On, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna make you look beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, you'll be then, ready for the screen in three years <laughs> <laughs> but you should have seen my teeth james when, when those braces came off early whites yeah early whites i yeah. I, I, I went to a party the day afterwards mm. and this was very saucy for a 17 year old and uh lots of oh, this actually sounds quite disgusting <laughs> i just wanted to say but um all these girls are like oh my god you've got like fresh teeth like without the braces on let me lick your teeth and, uh, like, and th- three, three girl, yeah, licked my teeth and they what were like, wait what i know now that's I say not this, a thing that's
1: a terrible story that's that's,
0: wait, yeah, stop. But, but, you know, start again. James, oh, I'm sorry. I just no, wanted no, no, no. the attention. You went to a party with people you knew. Yeah. These some your friends. And it was, you know, there was booze. So everyone's a bit merry. And they're like, oh my God. I don't you, when braces come off, don't they have to Yeah, the, like, they're very slimy and like yeah, and smooth. So, oh my God. And, and some people lick them. Sorry,
1: like, no, there's a big <laughs> jump there. There's a huge jump there. What do you mean they licked your teeth? Uh, it's not a thing. What do you mean they licked your teeth? I, I just don't. I, and you're like, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> I just didn't
0: object. You know, what? I'm a hot like 17 year old uh, male. And he's, and he's, uh, were good looking? Excuse me? Did they like you? I think they were interested in a kind of, you know. <laughs> so a guy for, didn't do it. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, if girls want to come and, you know, stick their tongue in my mouth, I'm not going to say no. I, you know, you lick They away. just licked your teeth, but you didn't. They, you wasn't like a part of a flirt thing. I don't think so. That is so strange. That was the limit of, that was the, it was my first kiss. That was the entirety of our oral interaction that day. So yeah. God, what are are they up to in Reading? I'm really sorry that when I, yeah, now I say that out loud that sounds so disturbing. That is just so weird. I think it was meant to be, like at the time in my head, maybe with a bit of booze, it was like, ah. Yeah, cool, look at this. I'm like, oh, look how free and easy everyone is. I don't, yeah, <laughs> oh, free love. Each other yeah we're young. I don't care how fresh someone's braces are off. I'm not licking anyone's teeth yeah. unless I'm like really romantically <laughs> involved with them. That's not a thing I'm like... Mm. Also, I don't feel like you get the sense of how smooth it is just from licking teeth. Well, yeah, because you can't... Dabbing the tongue? Uh, to be, uh, yeah, now I think back actually, you, you can't feel anything. Just just no. the sort of vague sort of <laughs> And are you just like like a camel like peeling back <laughs> peeling back your
1: lips? Go 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 back. Go, go <laughs> yeah, baby. Go for it, darling. Yeah. Someone walks into a room and it's just you laid back and all these women taking turns to lick your teeth. These parents are knocking on the door. Are they <laughs> yeah. doing drugs in there? What are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Opening it up. You've got like the club. Or give us a molar. Give us a molar. I want to lick one of his molars. My turn.
0: (laughs) I got a crown. What a horrible story that I brought up there. Uh, you know, the <laughs> guys, whole interaction probably took, I want to say, 30 seconds. Probably, you know, like 13 years ago. I will withdraw it if a single listener can come back and see like, yeah, yeah, lick teeth. I'm no, I don't, think, I don't think it's a common thing. And I think now in hindsight, the person who did it, who led, or who led the lick was a weirdo, was a rogue. She was a rogue. <laughs> They're in jail now. She, she, was, she was a rogue. She, she just, she smashes people's teeth. No, Um. Uh, she was a rogue one, but... uh. Yeah, I don't know where to go with this story. I feel like I'm out right. sort of this weird. We need to we need to though, do the think. camera. That's
1: the intro to the show. We're going to talk about something. Let's amazing. Okay,
0: <laughs> George, you saw theatre camp yesterday. Yes, and this isn't going to be sort of a typical review, really. More just like just a fact for me to say that I saw it because I I, I saw theatre camp and. It was one of those experiences where we see a lot of films, James, yes. and we see good films, we see bad films, and sometimes we see films that are perfectly fine and you good and might make you laugh a little bit, but essentially do just go straight through you. That happens. It's, it, it, it happens. And I can say that without any disrespect to Theatre mm. Camp, which I thought was perfectly charming and fine, I went in, I sat down, I looked at the screen... I watched it. I saw the people talk. I saw the scenes change. There were 24 frames in a <laughs> yeah. second that you- I, I let, I let it, my brain process the images. <laughs> yeah. And it ended and I went, cool. Which I got, is- I picked up my bag. I got on the tube and I went home. <laughs> you and You just like on the tube. And I was like, <laughs> I, it, I I, feel I feel like I, 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 I am the same. I've done a cul-de-sac film. I've got in and come yes. out the same exit. Which is really annoying because we obviously like are trying to see stuff every week for the show. Yeah. And when you're like one thing that you like committed to, you're like, I have nothing. Yes. So I was- I had a choice between watching Scrapper, which we will still try and review at some point, yeah. and Theater Camp. And Theater Camp won because it was on at an earlier time. Yeah, those are both hour and a half films. Yeah, and I and I went and saw it. And you know, I, I just I, when I came out, I was faced with this thing like that was perfectly fine. But I really, it hasn't. What value can you provide what, in what your I, commentary? Yeah, I can't. I, I either fake something, an opinion about it, which you don't want to do, no. or I really try and force an opinion on some sort of level yeah. about it. Or do I like try and think about what didn't work, but it's nothing, nothing didn't work. Mm. It's not a bad film. Mm. It's just that strange thing where it just, it just kind of did it. I don't want to say it did nothing, but it just kind of goes, it's not for me. You know, it just goes, okay, yeah. fine. Just go straight through you. It happens. Um, so if anyone has seen theater camp and would, and would like to go, <laughs> oh, I really, <laughs> and, uh, and something happened to and, them and, and, they they had a, yeah. and they had a reaction to yeah. it, yeah. Let, let us know because I, I didn't have a reaction to it. Um, I will say that I think it's probably a film that plays better in America because the whole thing about camp, camp. going to camp for weeks, staying, also the kind of like, I want to be a star thing of theatre kids. I think it's just kind of wrapped up Mm. more with like the American dream of like heading to New York City. I think theatre camp sounds like a lot of fun, but I can imagine it would be uh, really intense. Yeah. Like all the theatre kids. Don't get me wrong. There's like some stuff in it that's quite witty and funny about theatre kids, but like... Mm. uh, <clears throat> it's got like, iowa Beeries in it but in a oh, yeah. role that i in a role that i think her uh, has been massively cut down yeah um she's barely she's in, like three scenes and it's got this framing device of being a documentary oh, but really so done but death. it's not like they do not play the it, i hate it when you don't commit to don't it being commit a documentary. there's no talking heads there's yeah. no like cameras moving or a sense of the production happening it's that's just... why i never liked um brooklyn nine nine because ah, it was like well, that was just fire on the wall though. They never said yeah, they never but, said that was a documentary. No, but like just all of that, like you, commit to the mockumentary in general. I find the lazy documentary stuff a little bit. Yeah. But do, they, do they do pieces to camera? No. Oh, so maybe it's in the, in Parks and Rec. I find maybe it's Parks and Rec. Yes, yeah, because yeah. in the office they do lean into it, especially towards yeah. the end. Yeah, and it's addressed at the end. as, yeah. like, a thing, yeah. But but in this one they just kind of say, oh, well it's it's good for a couple of gags. Then I actually I'm, do like Parks and Rec, but still. Yeah. But 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 anyway, <sighs> theater camp. I saw so- I'm sorry guys, I've seen it, but I'm not gonna <laughs> make force an up opinion. force an opinion yeah. about something that's yeah. just perfectly fine and I didn't have a reaction to it. It's not fair on the film. Mm. It's not it would do a disservice. Yeah. Good or bad to the people. To the to the sort you, that was you made. can You can fall into this trap of like, I need to say something about it. Whereas like, you know, for example, Blue Beetle. There's a lot of elements I found very like sort of boring. But I'm like, it's it's just kind of like fine. Yeah. But like, because it's really fine yeah. and there's very little I have to say about it, I'm. it's becoming this wider criticism yeah. about why this movie exists. Yeah, it's cool. So it's like yes. the problem with the film in isolation is not awful, but I I look at what it means amongst yes. everything. In the context of a huge genre. That's, that's where that's the only thing yeah. that was coming to my mind. So it ended up being a criticism of like actually Marvel and Star Wars and the rest of DC. I will say- Which I, isn't fair on Blue Beetle. I do, I will say two things. First, I do kind of like seeing, we're in that point of the year in August where we're getting the kind of, the smaller films are now coming through because the big films have kind of yeah. gone through and the small films are coming through in their wake and things like Scrapper and Theatre Camp are coming through. And I like going to... I mean, really, when I went, I, as I was walking into the cinema, I was like, I don't really know what this film's about. I know the vaguest of premises and that's fine. I let the mm. film tell myself that. Um, and I quite like seeing little films that have, have you know probably got a budget of like two million and just been put together. I like mm. that. Um, the, the other thing was, this is the cinema. I saw it at the cinema where I saw After Sun. Okay. And... I made sure I got there on time. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, they put that fucking really film on really t- Ready quick, to go. Quick. I mean, I- What cinema is that of interesting, just as a warning? It's a, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a, I don't think I should name the brand. Okay. It's a cinema in Wimbledon. Okay. That isn't the Curzon. Okay. So right. any yeah. listeners who are familiar with that area will know yeah, what yeah, that okay. is. Um, and it's only when I've seen smaller films there. So if you're going to see a big film, like plenty of trailers, loads yeah. of trailers. But in this one, they I would say there were 12 minutes- of trailers, yeah. which is usually there's oh. 23. Yeah. I've usually, it's, honestly, I've, I've calculated that. And you speak to the staff, they say, like, oh yeah, you've got about 23 minutes left. But I went, I, I entered the cinema auditorium, I want to say 14 minutes past eight. The, the screening was at 10 past eight. And it was already on the trailer for my big fat Greek wedding three. Yeah, Which has, by the way, the one of the worst film posters I have ever <laughs> seen. Have you seen it? No. The CGI Photoshop for their faces <laughs> is, and they've they put it out at scale. They've put it on buses. They put it in cinemas. It is abysmal, appalling. Oh my god! It is absolutely dire. I can't. <gasps> yeah, it, it looks like it was made in in GCSE art by a kid. They're gonna get a D. It looks like uh, the characters are from Inca- in Encanto. Yes, you know, like this sort of like very smooth. No one's head belongs on that person's body. It All looks right. like someone has shuffled around there They heads. look like the Sims. Yes. You know, like he the Sims, Sims family. Like <laughs> Sims. <laughs> it is really quite, the only person who look looks- Look at that, that's not real. The only person who looks vaguely normal is John Corbett. But even still, he's, got on, he's been given a lot of love. Anyway, back wow. up. There. Anyway, so I'm in there, trailer that, trailer that. And then I want to say the film started at, at maybe yeah maybe 20 past eight. Or 22 minutes past eight. Be careful out there, guys. It's, it was really, really quick. And it, do you know what was really strange- you know, normally when you go see a film, it comes up with a BBFC thing which says the title, and it's got signed by the president of the BBFC. Yes. Jane it Austen. It's uh, <laughs> Natasha, Kapinski, Natasha Kapinski. And it's signed <laughs> Jane Austen. <laughs> there's, there's, an, there's an Austin. Okay, whatever. And it's, and it's and then it's and then it's like, you know, contains so and so and so and so. This yeah. one didn't have the BBFC card, it just came up with a huge 12A rating. Oh, didn't even ask about it. And egg. then it began. And sure enough, over the next five to ten minutes, you have people coming in going, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it yeah. started. You know, when you walk in and it's weirdly dark. Yes. And you're like, oh, this yeah. is. This advert's going on for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I was glad I got there in good time. I mean, obviously, you should try and get there. I know yeah. this is my after sun experience. Yeah. If the film says 8:10, get there for 8:10 mm. or the latest 8:15. Otherwise, you're in great peril. I think I missed a, a minute of Worst Person in the World. And that Talia was because you were buying ice I cream. I buying ice cream. <laughs> you know, no, 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 I'm not letting you off the Talia this. thought it was like 10 minutes. I'm like, Talia, it was maybe it's, 50 seconds. Yeah, but still. So, uh, <laughs> so, so Talia, Tal- Tal- <laughs> no, 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 I'll tell this one for you. So Talia has told me that James, who loved Worst Person in the Wild last year, talking about the big it. film, that you missed the first minute. Okay, but I was confident <laughs> of yeah. like, we've definitely just yeah. caught the first. Because James wanted to buy ice cream as late as possible. Because <laughs> I didn't want it to melt. melt. To, because he didn't want it to melt. Like a small chunk and they did this, and sure enough, they go and they missed the beginning. Okay, the I, reason why I did, I wasn't like, I wasn't the only one holding the at, at my local multiplex, they don't have enough staff to serve the confectionery, drink standard tickets, and do the ice cream. So you have to go and queue and then get someone to go get you ice James, cream. And help, they said they James. were gonna send someone, they didn't. And I was like, okay, we are getting a little bit close to the wire here, but it's fine, we've got 25 minutes of ads. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. That's what happened. But, but yeah, I think what, I think what that I would I would have struggled with that. Is even if you miss a minute, two minutes, thirty seconds, I'm my brain is then constantly thinking of what What's piece of information yeah. have I missed that's important? Like mm. I did with After Sun. Yeah, which, which not, I think that's a bad film too. And I think worst person in the world in a way does go straight into it. Yeah, she's yeah. like, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. And yeah, um, but anyway, so that this is my non-review of theater <laughs> okay, camp. <yeah. laughs> But, George, uh, news came out this week, by the time you're uh, listening to this, it will be the following week, that um, very probably one of the biggest films that was set to come out this year with the biggest uh, stars attached to it, with the biggest director attached, Dune Part 2, has been delayed to March 2024. So out of this year, uh, sort of representing a sort of up to six-month delay, whether that is an indication on talks that have broken down um, between uh, the... SAG, AFTRA, and Mm. all of the companies. Uh, Or if that is sort of an indication when people think this thing should resolve itself. Um, Or if they sort of, based on financial years, they have to get these films out. Um, That's happened. And then with that, other films are following it. I'm sure that in the coming weeks, many more will follow. Yes. Uh, But that is the situation we're in. Um, I broke some guys. I broke my mate's heart last night when I told him Doom Part 2 has been delayed. He was like, oh... That's right. are you seriously like texting his mates i was like yeah it's happening i'm sorry there you know as we we've covered the strikes in detail and you know really interesting uh time for the industry and uh and it's funny and i say he's disappointed it's no, more sure. of like you know from a very purely selfish perspective yeah absolutely and you know these strikes are happening with really really legitimate concerns yeah and um it's interesting that normally this time of year we look at sometimes like films coming out ahead oh, the exciting films that are coming up and now we're like here are the exciting films which are not coming and up. i'm so sorry for people who are li- li- listening back to our very popular episodes which is looking ahead at the films of 2023 yes. we do like two in a year and those are now just completely yep. uh useless but still good fun go check them out so there are a couple of films just running through a list here that are that have been moved i mean that there's there's some Small stuff, bigger stuff. So there's a film we mentioned when we did The Exciting Actors called Challengers. You mentioned Luca Guardino his new film yep. with Zendaya, Mike Feist and Josh O'Connor. That's been pushed to 2024 next year. You've got things like the earlier on in production, things like Quentin Tarantino's new movie that will be kind of held up from being mm. written. There's a, a Joseph K- Kaczynski new film, the one with Brad Pitt, where he's a Formula One driver. Do you yes, see the footage yeah, of Brad I've Pitt? yeah, seen loads of stuff. It. And then when... Uh, when the, the strikes happen, that's that's been put on hold. That's got like a uh, hiatus. There's things like Craven the Hunter, which is was wrapped. Yeah. Right? And I saw a poster for it yesterday at the cinema, which is Aaron Taylor Johnson in a poster very much like the- uh, Morbius? No, no. Do you remember that uh, King Arthur film that Guy Ritchie With, did? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like it, that. Looks, it looks a lot like that. Kneeling um, over like a sword or something. Just in the throne. Oh uh, right, looking yeah. all cool, but um, that's been pushed back a year, basically from October this year to August next year. Whoa,
1: that's yeah, a that's, a, that's a huge day. pushback,
0: yeah. Um, and then Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. This is interesting. That um, this is hasn't even it's been put not just pushed back, hasn't even got a release date wow. given for the next one. And I think that's obviously there's a wider conversation with Spider-Verse about the animation and the animators working on that mm. and working conditions. And I, I, I think I'm going to say. Late 25, we might get that film. Wow. Honestly. I think they've got a lot to sort out. Yeah. Then that's why it's a shame. I mean, I know we both like yeah, it yeah. still, but like the kind of like open-endedness of like, oh my God, what's going to happen in part, in part two with 25. Beyond the Spider-Verse? And the idea initially was like, well, it's going to follow up quite shortly. You end up mm. long to wait. And I think, I think, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say late 25. It's I, a I, real I de- cliffhanger ending. I, I, don't, I definitely don't think that film's going to come out next year. Yeah. TBD, to be honest. And then what else have we got? there's like the i mean we've talked about this before there's a ghostbusters afterlife sequel because you mentioned they were filming that during the the the, the, the orange out, the orange out new <laughs> in new york and i can't believe them they're, they're making one I, I didn't i couldn't believe they made ghostbusters afterlife i just thought who's that yeah. film for and they're making another one um and yeah that's been pushed back till march um i don't know if you've got any others on your your list uh is that still coming out is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom still coming out? At the moment, but I think that'll be pushed that'll back. Be that, pushed. That's also, according to Variety, had two reshoots. Yeah. That's never a good sign for no. them to have a reshoot. Two and I reshoots. don't know if there are many people or like kids out there who've got the Aquaman poster on their wall. I don't... From 2018, Yeah, yeah five like, years Yeah, that to Aquaman. Yeah. I just don't know if people are like <sighs> gagging for an Aquaman. Well, it's the, it's the DC Dilemma. All year we've had the DC Dilemma. Yeah. Shazam, Flash, It's also U-Metal. like... Um, if you think about Mission Impossible Eight: Dead Reckoning Part Two, which yeah. I know is, has probably already been shot, no, has it not? No. So um, I thought they. I thought they shot them production back. Production back, will not they? resume for Mission Impossible Eight. They had a planned hiatus. Um, uh, the eighth installment of the series uh, will be delayed until further notice. It's scheduled to be released in June next year, but I think that might be pushed back. It sounds like there's still work to do in it, whether it's production or post production. I think there's still um, stuff on there to do. Gladiator 2 yeah, is halfway Maskell. through filming. Wow. So that's, imagine you're like, you're an actor like Paul Muskell who's got like, you're, like, buffed up for him. Well, yeah. And he's like, you might have to either maintain that now, or because you never know when you need to be called back on Yeah, or you just need to, like, go have a couple of pizzas. And then when the call comes, you need to like Channing Tatum and Foxcatcher. catcher <laughs> yeah, just wear a bin bag. And just- <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, things like Beetlejuice 2, um, Venom, Venom 3. 3. And also we you know things like Avatars 3, 4, and 5 and Avengers Secret Wars and the Kang Dynasty. I'd expect back. those to be pushed, yeah. So Avatar 3 is December 2025. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Just like Avengers is a behemoth to shoot two yeah. like that. 300 million dollar yeah. films those are behemoth productions yeah. that need a lot of actor schedules to be in sync mm. like you can't you, that that—that yeah. that is too many ducks in a row to, yeah. to do and you need to have all the other films come out so, th- that's it. so the Kang Dynasty has been pushed to 2026 and which is the first of one. the two and then the Secret Wars has been pushed to twenty seven. Avatar 3, 2025. Avatar 4, 2029. Avatar 5, 2031. I mean, that's just like, you yeah, know, cool, cool wow. whatever. I mean, I don't even know where, you know. Originally, it was going to be 2022, 2023. We were going to get annual. Yeah. Um, but Batman Part 2, filming postponed until 2024. Mm. um. And I remember, I think Colin Farrell saying something that oh, he was shooting the Penguin yeah. TV series and that got like, that's like nearly done, but it's not completely done. So I really liked the Batman, and I think we said this at the time, but I'm like very happy to like, yeah, I'll see you again in five years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sort of very cool to go. Yeah, I don't need a, I don't need an immediate chase. I don't yet. need every other year, yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four, pushed to May 2025. Um, Bad Days now, 4. There's, <laughs> there's an interesting one here that, so they've made another Godzilla Kong movie. Yeah. And it was originally Godzilla versus Kong. They, no, no, that's this, already been out n- yes there was there yeah. was, there oh, was yeah. and now it's godzilla x kong like a brand collaboration <laughs> They're mates now yeah i well i don't know how to say that godzilla and kong godzilla by kong godzilla oh, yeah. collaborating godzilla with X-Kong. how do you read that out loud no idea godzilla x kong the new empire um, premiere delayed the, until 2024. Based on watching someone else's screen on a plane, I can tell you that the plot of Godzilla versus Kong was that Godzilla and Kong were fighting and then there was a greater uh, yeah. kaiju that, evil. That brought them together. And actually that was that one was actually bad. Yeah. I heard Godzilla kind of had the edge though on on Kong. Which makes sense as he has like atomic breath. <laughs> like laser breath. Yeah. Whereas Kong, Kong can just, just go... Ugh! Yeah, Kong's <laughs> just heady. Like he's just a big wedge yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a badass, yeah. Um... Yeah, Craven, Spider-Verse, uh, and Superman Legacy. Uh, you know, James Gunn is not writing that while mm. that's happening. So you have this kind of suspension. Now, I wonder, and of course, these are like the big studios. These are the big studios. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And I wonder, I mean, I, you know, to be, to have, if you're a creative and you have your work in kind of like stasis at the moment, it's yeah. kind of uncertainty, that's a shame. That's what I, I really worry about. My only about. thing is, I wonder if studios will begin to, if this pre- strike, I mean, they, they have gone back to the negotiating table at the moment, at the time of recording. But if the strike continues and becomes even more protracted, I'm wondering if, like, studios will be like, what else have we got on our shelves and our back catalogs, mm. that back catalog that we can roll out to fill the gap? Maybe they'll, maybe, you never know, maybe Warner Brothers will be like, I guess we're going to have to put Batwoman out. We made Batwoman. We've got, <laughs> I guess we're actually going to have to release that now because we've got a gap in our calendar. Do you think they're going to, like, do you think someone like Warner Brothers will just re-release... Potter, like, what can they do? That's like, basically, what they're doing, aren't they? are doing are not they anyway. Maybe this, will, oh my god, maybe that'd be the one blessed thing that they'll that This will kill the idea of the Harry Potter remakes. They'll go, you yeah, know what? We don't need it, we, too we, many we actors. Too long. <laughs> Everyone we cast has now grown so up, so many characters. <laughs> Everyone's can't. grown up and graduated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh yeah so like uh, you know on one sense uh like sad because you just ever you want everyone to be able to make stuff and for creative things yeah. to all work and come together and like from a purely selfish sense of our podcast as an, and as an audience i'm yeah. thinking oh like my really clean like weekly slot of things i know i can talk about yeah. is completely disrupted but obviously like it, it's, it's completely, completely unimportant yeah, completely in leg- the grand leg- scheme kind of reasons things the there will something. always be plenty of content and things to talk about yeah exactly um, and, then, and and some great work out there like still to watch and you know uh the demands. We, I mean, yeah, some of the things that the 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 strikes were not able to the 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 WGA and the, um, the SAG would mm. SAG would were, were asking for against what the studios' current standards were. Yeah, offering was. I mean, oh God, it's crazy the work, the conditions. And the last time we did, we did a bonus episode when the strike sort of thing kicked off, and we had someone write in who is. I think living in LA, Bennett, and uh, if anyone is uh, affected by these, and you want to just sort of say something that's happening specifically with your job and your role, because we're like very removed from that, please do write in and tell us how that's affecting you, if it is, and what that's looking like. A a scoop really would be lovely. Oh yes, (laughs) yeah. A a diary, a striker's diary, a picket line diary. Dear Pop Kitchen, I write to you like. Sort of from the bunker, scribbling mm. on a paper. Yeah, as the shells, yeah, form the shells. dust <laughs>
1: in the trench, and then like the the, the paper's just getting yeah. so wet, and yeah. the ink is smudging. But they tuck fr- it into the pocket yeah. before they throw and off. then like a, a massage, like you're going yeah. over the top, you're you know, the waist
0: like, yeah. <laughs> just like and <laughs> tie it to a pigeon, and there <laughs> it goes. <laughs> um, Bennett, also, have you ever seen Commando? The Arnold Schwarzenegger. That Bennett. Whenever I hear Bennett's name, I just think of the the one liner that Arnie does in that, where he, I believe, impales someone with a steam pipe and steam gushes out. He's like, "Let off some steam, Bennett." So (laughs) there you go. Uh, So yeah, that was just a little overview of the films that are not coming out (laughs) soon. Subscribe, guys. George, it's time to go through some of the emails that we get sent into the show. As the always, guys. The sirens. We have settled on the sirens. We That's have. Because yeah. I've noticed that the sirens themselves have begun, begun to self identify. From a siren. From a siren. siren I'm sending this. So, the hello, sirens, sirens cool, to oh, send yes. in their thoughts, their questions, their concerns mm. to hello at Pop Kitchen podcast. Com. Just like George did, George writes into the show and says, "Hi guys, wasn't really sure how to title this, but after listening to an episode recently that briefly mentioned comfort films, I wanted to ask if you had any films that, whilst are not critically acclaimed or highly rated, you still love and are able guys, to rewatch endlessly look, and appreciate." Sorry, okay. look, we get this question. I almost <laughs> <just> say weekly, <laughs> weekly, and I think we like. Stopped sorry, George. Our, we, sorry, George. We probably. Answered it about three times last yep. year, and I think we got to the point where I like. We, we, like you can go back and find the back catalogue if you need yeah. to. I think because we can't. We can't I've said the this. film so much that I'm not even sure if I like those films anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it's been such a long I'm time. I'm like so cringing at my those, own answers. like. Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. Like, have I watched <laughs> that in a while? Anchorman Two. Have I seen that in a while? <laughs> so, Guys, sorry, the secret gosh. to getting your email boosted up to the top of the list is to write in about what you thought about a film that's out. Yes, that, that helps. <laughs> I say it so simply. Tell me what you thought yeah. about a film. That... Or some current, even like, yeah, current cinema thing. Even if you're like, James, what you said about Blue Beetle was so wrong. Here's why. Love it. Please, hot take. Come in with it. Bring him down a peg. Yeah, bring me, yeah. just <laughs> remind me how I'm wrong. But sorry, George, just uh, set the record straight. Yeah. Our comfort films, what, what are the other ones we I get? I don't know. I mean, well, the questions we always get. Yeah. Uh, questions. Yeah. That, uh, no, it is Guilty Pleasures, Comfort Guilty Pleasures. Yeah. Like, we, we've said them. Even though you don't love them, like, do you watch the films that you really like? Just, they're, they're just the films I like, then, aren't they, really? George goes on to say, for me, the movie sorry, that George, has sorry. to be The Secret Life of Walter Mitty yes. coming up again. Whilst it does have some cringy moments, I've always loved it and always will. It has an incredible soundtrack and beautiful scenery. If you haven't watched it, you should give it a go. Many thanks and keep up the good work, George. Oh, George is nice. See, thank you. And also, <laughs> yeah. it's good to know because like we, we have heard Walter Mitty mentioned a few yeah, times third, now. Third, it's popping third third up on my list. Yeah, I yeah. will definitely give that a watch. Worth checking it out. Thank you, George. And it's apologies for not it, <laughs> insulting. It's so not It's not your, fault. So your fault. Thank you, George. And yeah, I, th- I feel like you're probably just going through and listening and you haven't <laughs> heard yeah, that. It's not your fault, George. Yeah. I'm sorry if we, we come down too hard yeah. on you there. It's just that from, up, from where we're sat, <laughs> that question seems to get asked every day. Mm. <laughs> but it's not. Uh, it's made in good faith. So it's absolutely fine. This next email is from, I want to say Sion. I'm going to go with Sion. I was tempted to say Shone or Sean. Spelled S-I-O-N. But I'm going to go with Sion, like Sion Lane. That's spelt differently. Anyway, dear James and George, I've been listening to your podcast since last December and has now become one of my favourite podcasts to listen to every week. And this is my first time writing into the show. Nice. Thank you, Sion. I recently rewatched rewatched Mike Mills's Come On Come On while it was on the Film Four channel, and it is my it was as it was my favourite film of twenty twenty one. It is a film that went slightly under the radar, but features an amazing performance from Woody Norman as Jesse. Mm. Um, yes, I'm on that. I haven't seen Come On Come On, but it's got Whacking Phoenix and it's Mike Mills made like 20th Century Women and Beginners. If anyone's seen those, mm. they're, they're really good films. I, so I need to see, I need to see Come On Come On. Um, Sion asks, what child slash team performances have really resonated with you? Child, okay. Child performances. In addition to, which is great, then Sion gives us some examples. She, she says, in addition to Woody Norman, I also love Tatum O'Neill in Paper Moon. I love Paper Moon. It's such a good film. Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver. Oh, yeah. yeah. River Phoenix in Stand By Me. Yeah, hello. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Sure. Anna Chlumsky in My Girl. Haley Joel Osment in The Sixth Sense. Haunting. Yeah. Jacob Tremblay in Room, probably near the top of the pile, yeah. I think. that Jacob Tremblay. Um, Elsie Fisher in 8th grade. So oh, good. Yeah, really lovely. good. Um, Buki Bakre in Rocks, yeah. And Conrad Khan in County Lines. Just on, sorry, Elsie Fisher in 8th grade, I think it's really hard for a young actor to play insecure. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, uncomfortable. Like, yeah. not overdo it. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Elsie Fisher just has such, like, a depth behind yeah. her performance, which is so great. I get the kind of... Um, Humour in it as well. Yeah. I, I would add to this that I think the I think it's Mackenzie Foy who plays Young Murph. Oh, ah, she's Stella. brilliant, so good, she's probably so all grown emotive. Up now, yeah, she's probably heartbreaking. Like Twenty-five yeah. married or kids, but like <laughs> yeah. she, yeah, just so brilliant. Yeah, uh, totally. In that. Um, and in response to your recent es- episode about some of the most exciting new actors, suggestions from me would be again Bookie Back, Ray, um, Harris Dickinson. So Harris Dickinson is an interesting one because we, we were going to put him on the list, but then James and I realized realized that we just had not quite seen him in enough stuff. Mm, he's please. been in lots. Yes, The Kingsman, uh, The Kingsman rather. Um, Triangle of Sadness. See how they run. And he's going to be in that Jeremy Allen White, um, Zach Efron movie. Yes, coming up, which is directed by Sean Durkin, which I'm very excited for. The Sean Durkin, the stills the of guy, all of them, yeah. buffed up in like the sort of vests. Oh, it looks crazy, <laughs> great. But Sean Durkin was the guy who made that Jude Law film I talked about ages ago, where he, Jude Law it's in the '80s, comes to England with the family it's called the nest oh yeah yeah, yeah. love that um so Dickens is is in in that and he's also in scrapper which we will try and see at some point but we we hadn't seen him in much ourselves so yeah um george MacKay. yeah she says not as new but similar to will poulter yeah george MacKay, like 1917 like was his big lead moment but i also feel like i want to see more george MacKay. like i still think like i need more lead stuff from him uh and eliza scannon who was in little women she was the the other sister who wasn't florence pew or um Emma Watson or... Uh, you know Saoirse. who I thought was a really great child performance? Who I thought was so funny? You know in Drill Bit Taylor? Uh, uh, the little him, kid oh who is kind of like a mini Jonah Hill. Kind of, His name is sense. Troy Gentile. And he was so funny and like fearless in that movie. Yeah. I remember watching this kid being like, he's going to blow up. But I don't think I've ever really seen him in anything later. But I was like, this guy's really funny. Uh, so I thought he was really good. Uh, anyway... Uh, and then Sion signs off with just saying keep up the great work Sion from Richmond London oh and also Richmond Rich and Taylor Russell for the most exciting new actors Taylor Russell who was in Bones and All yes um, who is how Canadian is she's 29 I looked yes. it up she's our age <laughs> yeah. but she looks like 18 <laughs> yeah, yeah she yeah. was very good at Bones and All yeah this is why I like you've asked us a question there Sion and sometimes on the spot James and I will struggle to pull something together but you've given us a short list yes, which, is, is which is really really good uh, to thank you for that excellent email Next up from Sam he says, hi, James and George. I hope you are both doing well. I'm a second time messenger. I sent my last correspondence on Instagram. I was the guy who listened to you whilst running, running to Paris. I was going to say running, running two Paris. Yeah, doing the marathon. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That's great. Uh, mentioning how much your pod generally helps me. I was wanting to find another way to contribute. You'll be surprised to hear I was listening to you on another run this morning as I'm now training for the Athens Marathon in November. So you boys are going to be crucial to my long training runs. Sam, amazing. Look at you. Send us there. a picture of you running somewhere around this oh, planet. Yeah. Uh, running as you're listening to the podcast. I want to see you like plum red. Yeah. Just sweat dripping <laughs> with the pyramids with the of behind no, you. Pyramids? Well, I'm saying like around the world, You can I'll go like, anywhere. I'm, so I, I'm not saying the pyramids are in Athens. I'm saying like <laughs> it's because I was about to say with the Acropolis. The I mean, Acropolis, fine, But I, 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 want like a diary. For a second, of I was like, like, oh wait, James, have you seen a map <laughs> of the world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's you know, idea. by a state building. I want you, yeah, with Statue of Liberty, yeah. the Coliseum, everything. The whole thing. I want a running selfie. Fantastic. The reason I... I also imagine him to have a huge Forrest Gump beard. Like yes. the Forrest Gump runs across yeah. the country. I just wanted to run. I'm done now. I'm done, I'm done now. now. <laughs> I want to go home. The reason I'm emailing him, this is to do with actors with a leading man's face and a non-leading man's body. Yes, we talked about this. You mentioned you wanted someone with Ryan Gosling's face, but not his current body. Well, typically, yeah. Typically. (laughs) Uh, And of course, Ryan Gosling training to be. It yes. was always it. Yeah. Uh, I would like to draw your attention back to a Ryan Gosling role from 2000 in a little old film and one of my personal favorites, Remember the Titans, and available on Disney Plus for those who have not seen it. This is one of the best high school American football films dealing with the sensitive issue of race in a touching way. Mm. Now to the point, Ryan plays a defensive lineman. I could not tell you what that Yeah, that sounds like a a, a role in a kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a defensive lineman. I got my sous chef, someone, a chef to party, a defensive lineman. I think it sounds like a Glen Campbell song. Who has to be honest, uh, who's let's be honest, has not quite hit puberty yet. Please see the attached photo. And and yet we've been, Sam provides the photo. Oh, wow. Slightly goofy looking, wonky features. There's no way. That in real life, that man could ever be a defensive lineman. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but like, I assume the word defense think, is quite. Do you important. think Ryan Gosling's had a nose job? <gasps> oh, I look, from that photo, it looks like Ryan Gosling's no. had rhinoplasty. I think. Uh, no. Do you think he's, flaring? It's, do you think I he's think, flaring. I think it's probably flaring in the cold conditions. I which... don't know. I'm going to say he's had some very good work this done. This is TMZ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you
1: think? <laughs>
0: Just look at the before and after. Uh, now to the point. Ryan plays a defensive lineman who, let, who's, let's be honest, has not quite hit puberty yet. Where it is clear he's got his movie star looks and customary for the... Where it is clear he has got his movie star looks and customary for a time... For the and customary for the time classic blonde curtain hairstyle drooping over his face, but not got anywhere near his muscular form achieved in the place beyond the pine... He did a singular pine at Drive or Barbie. <laughs> not saying this is a criticism as it fits into the film story very well, but just something that sprung to mind. Also, saying that, I feel there can be some comparison strong with Poulter and Gosling in the way that they are both childhood actors who, let's be honest, have both gone through sensational glow ups. Forgive mm. me for using that term. And I'm more than confident that a strong leading role will be coming Poulter's way soon. I will also mention that, not spoiling anything, Will Poulter's cameo in The Bear season two is nothing shorter than perfection. Keep up the outstanding work, gents. I look forward to listening to many more weeks and months to come thanks so much again sam i think that mm-hmm. ryan gosling is traditionally uh more attractive than i think you're giving him credit for me no sam oh <laughs> yeah. i think it's more that uh he has a leading man's face there but he doesn't have a leading man's body yeah he's got a pu- he's got a pubescent. Awkward. non-defensive lineman yeah. body there. And yeah. I think that's emphasised by the huge, you know, American football frame that he has on him. It'd be nice to just, like, you know, ascend to fame really quickly and just, like, all of those problems just start fixing themselves. That's what just happens, in general. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's just like a magical... Mm. Um, you go Mont. through the machine and you yes. come out just slightly more buff yeah like symmetry just sort of automatically. You go, the automatically yeah yeah, yeah, there, yeah but like happens over a course of time i um just while we're talking about glow-ups which is something we, we never do it's um, time for ours. it's time for us uh, um what i didn't mention when i watched the wham documentary with george michael yeah. is the glow-up really george yeah. michael goes through she's from, a beautiful man i would say the ages of 16 to 23 is astounding really george michael at 17 16 is a, a, a mid level looking guy i'm talking like hairy i'm talking like a bit oh of, my god yeah, a bit of a monobrow like he, he he is like a six out of ten <laughs> yeah and then the hair gets less and less yeah. and it's fine-tuned and he buffs up and he's just Chiseled, and he's got great, I think, it doesn't even buff up that much. He's just got great grooming. He yes. learns to groom yeah. and wear style and, and a popped collar. And sure enough, he turns into like a high knight. He was a very groomed man before like our age of like male grooming yes. was really a thing. It's, 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 it's and, like, quite the, the transformation. The fluffiness of the yeah. hair really comes in. If it was on reality TV, it'd be one of the best episodes of that season. God, yeah. Look, look at him. Look at him there. Yeah. <laughs> just looks like any old guy. Look well. at George Michael before pre-glub and think that oh, guy's handsome. But then he, he glows up and you think, holy hell. Well, there you go. Mother, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm getting a little hot here. Anyway, Amazing. next email. Okay, this next email. Oh, sorry. Did you see Calvin Harris's one? Calvin Harris's glow up? Yeah. Yeah, because he was like messy head. Like it was really, really bad. Like Calvin Harris, get very good looking guy. And like, look at this scrawny little compared to what he is now. Like he looks like a different guy. like Also, that- he's quite young there though. I he, know, goes, but come on. Also, we're not, I don't want to look shame anyone. No, Calvin Harris is very attractive. What I, what I see is someone who's moved with the times because Calvin Harris there <laughs> is like two thousand <laughs> The two for 12 pound top man t-shirt. And uh, I can hear, you know, the yellow, the visor glasses, Calvin yeah. Harris era. <laughs> yeah. And then we moved into the EDM version. This next email is from friend of the show, Emily. And it's in all friend caps. Friend of the show. Yes, entitled Olivia Cook. So we're talking about actors. I know you did say it. I wanted to reiterate. She's yes, a good friend, friend of, the show. of the show. Yes, with the, uh, hi, lads. Me. Again. I was listening to your most recent episode of New Actors, and you mentioned Olivia Cook in passing, and I got very excited. <laughs> she sounds like um, White Goodman from Dodgeball. Hey, lads. Me. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I first saw Olivia Cook. So, people who don't remember, you know, Olivia Cook, yes. we talked about, you know, uh, House of the Dragon, et cetera. I first saw Olivia Cook in a BBC drama uh, with Saran Jones in 2012, and I've pretty much watched every project she's been in since. I appreciate she's been in some big movies like Meet Earl and the Dying Girl and Ready Player One, but I would just love to recommend one of my favorite films of all time, Little Fish. Little Fish. I Little Fish. I know Big Fish. I don't know Little Fish. And I don't know Cardboard Box. Okay. But Little Fish came out in 2020, so definitely flew under the radar. Oh, and it stars funny. Jack Cook and Jack O'Connell in a dystopian future where a mem- memory loss virus spreads across the world which is very weird timing for a pandemic film. Yeah. It is one of the most interesting films I've seen in a long time, and I couldn't oh. shake it for days. It really mediates on the ethics of healthcare, euthanasia, and human medical trials, but also studies the beauty of relationships and importance of memories. I really recommend you check it out, especially as the ending floored me. I have never heard of this film. No. This is why I like your emails, guys. Yeah, I'm looking at images of this. Um, no, so now I'm looking at images of Little Fish, but like... <laughs> <laughs> film, Little Fish film. That is really... Mm. Not to be confused with the Kate Blanchett film from 2005. That's an awkward thing. I, I need to check this out. This sounds really yeah. good. What's the uh, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes? Whoa. Okay. Uh, noted. This is ad- being added to my watch list. Um, Emily, thank you. Other films I would... Sorry, she hasn't finished yet. There's Sorry. more. Other films I could recommend starring Olivia Cook are Life Itself and Katie Says Goodbye, although the latter oh. is so depressing. Katie Says Goodbye. Do you know that one? Anyway. Hang oh. on you keep reading i don't know why olivia cook has not broken out like those of a similar age and talent such as anya taylor joy florence oh. Pugh, and Sersha Rowland, but would love to know why you think certain actors remain on the cusp of being a huge star despite having the talent to really be huge thanks for so much for reading and continually producing non-film broish accessible content love um, it thank you um those are th- really good recommendations also i mean olivia cook she did do a lot of- she did bates motel Again, linking to Freddie Highmore, mm. but that was also her kind of link. She was in Bates Motel, yeah. then she got into Me and Ellen and the Dying Girl, and then uh, yeah, I think she just just chosen kind of interesting projects. I do agree that like she was in Ready Player One in 2018, mm. and then she was in then she went and did Vanity Fair TV series a bit. Which she did, played way younger in Ready Player One, didn't she? Yeah, well, she's our age. Yeah, so she would have played younger. But then, but I, I really feel like between Ready Player One and House of the Dragon. Like, she's really grown up. Well, no, but like, like you expected Ready Play 1 to be a big, like, to launch into like more oh, literary right, projects. Mean, yeah. But actually, she went on off and did all these smaller, interesting ones. Mm. And then it's only House of the Dragon that's brought her back to the mainstream again. Sure, 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 sure. Um, Which is great, in, Um Even though her, her I love that, thinking House of the Dragon, where by the end of the series, she, her son is an actor who's actually six months younger than her. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you get that? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do the weird sort of thing. Yes, you're right, you're right. You're right. Um, anyway, Emily, thank you very much. Um, this next one is from Ellie, who writes into the show and says, "Hi boys, I hope you're both well. Second time emailer here. You might remember me from the Across the Spider Verse email. Sorry, you might remember me from the Across the Spider Verse email regarding the ending. Should have let them put the rest of the movie on. I mean, I, as I said last week, <laughs> yeah. I was ready to be part one, and I was yeah. That's the kit, That's the key. You were ready. Yeah. Anyway, I'm waffling already." I'm emailing you both after I saw Blue Beetle yesterday and was listening to your thoughts on the way back. Guys, I reviewed Blue Beetle last week if you want to check it out. Uh, Whilst I did find the film okay, and I understand it is the inevitable you would get crossover in certain heroes' traits, I found it to be a tick list of existing superhero movies. Susan Sarandon is like the Jeff Bridges character in Iron Man. Her sidekick, Yellow Jacket from Ant-Man, the suit was a mashup of Venom and Deadpool, really. Anything to do with the scarabs, I think of Moon Knight, I could go on, but it's super boring. That being said, I found the lead to be really sweet and would like to see him in future DCU stuff. Overall, I would describe Blue Beetle as a She-Hulk situation, Mm. where I like the actor, but the stuff around it was a bit naff. Mm. I think the overly saturated space of superhero comic book movies, they have to embrace what makes their characters unique. I'm personally a big fan of Moon Knight. Whilst it does have its flaws, it does try to bring something different to the MCU. I also think that could be said of the New Mutants or Birds of Prey. That does eventually lead to my Mm. question. Do you guys have any favorites in this genre? or can think of any characters you would like to see. I also remember you both talking about solo trips to the pictures. As someone who mostly goes by themselves, I really enjoy it. This email is probably super long, so it won't get seen. But thank you for reading my nerdy thoughts if you do, for making such a brilliant podcast. It's a highlight of my week. Cheers again. Ellie in Birmingham. Thank you, Ellie in Birmingham. Um, I don't have any really... favorites in the space. Like, you mean like favorite superhero films? Sp- like, sp- <laughs> like favorite f- superheroes in Characters the comics, in the space. F- it's kind of uh, like who's. Uh, it's an interesting question. Like my favorite hero right now. It's quite. Ooh. I'm not sure I have one. But I don't think I ever have either. I've never been that attached. I developed a real uh, affection for Chris Evans' as Captain America, oh, really? which I know he's like done now. I'm sure they'll bring him back. But I was like, mm. Chris Evans is a really good actor. Yeah. And I thought in Civil War, he was really good and played the gravity and the drama of everything. Mm. And then again in Endgame, mm. I just think he do- he does that job really well, mm. and I'm not saying it's the most like dynamic, you know, it's not like a performance we've never seen before. But I always respected him for be- for playing that role of being like he's the head of this team. Yeah, he's, he's been- very like bound by honor and his sense of morals. A wonderful foil for Tony Stark. Mm. I always just thought he smashed it, and I became like a sort of little little Captain America fan. Because I also think everyone was like, oh, he's a bit boring. I was like, no, no he's, he's actually bringing this level to, to the performance, and I always really appreciated he's it. Playing the, he's taking the high road, playing the long yeah. game, doing the hard work. And it's like moments where, like in Civil War, where... You know that that guy in the suit is presenting the Sokovia Accords, and he's just like looking at you. Can see he's torn in his face, and it all like carries throughout the movie and mm-hmm. the conflict. And then when he has that fight with Iron Man and smashes the shield, mm-hmm. like, this is like sh- Shakespearean. <laughs> it's like very well done. So maybe it's Chris Evans as Captain America, but he's so sort of. Yeah. I am sure I'm sure him Tony Stark no, are back. I don't I think that's a huge mistake. I don't think they'll do it. I know it's a huge mistake. No, no I think it would be red rag to the ball. I really don't think. I think they'll be tempted. I think that's what they have to. I think do. it's a huge red button that's hidden under like a plastic container in mm-hmm. the office. And they are going to reach for it and then every so often they're going to slap someone's hand away mm-hmm. and go, "No." But also Robert maybe Daniel, not both, but I think RDJ. I think RDJ might be like, "I'm in my Oppenheimer Oppenheimer era now." I'm sorry, I've, I've actually uh, moved on. Yeah. I'm potentially Oscar nominated for Oppenheimer. Thank you. That's all. And this last email is from Marta who says, greetings, Pulp Kitchen. New listener here. Oh, a new listener. Been binging your podcast for the last few weeks and nearly caught up. I'm from a small town in the very north of Norway called, Tr- uh, she's written out phonetically. thank you, Tromso." Um, We are about 70,000 people living here, so by Norwegian standards, pretty big. Loved your episode of Mission Impossible 7, went to the cinema with my family, dad, brother and sister. It's become a family affair. I've grown up watching action movies with my dad and now we all go together to watch them in the cinema and we quote the movies to each other all the time. I love number seven, all the action, speed, jokes, and we all shed a few tears the first time during um, Mission Impossible movie. Oh, tears, cool. Keep doing what you do. Much love from Norway, sincerely, Marta. Marta, I was literally just in Tromso Two weeks ago, wow! I was there for a day. Was it? Was it one of those many places you went to in Norway that looked yes, spectacular? I did Oslo, Tromso, Bergen, <sighs> and Tromso was really beautiful. It was. I mean, I was there in the summer, but I imagine in winter it's like sort of much more frozen over. You know, when you look at a place, and I'm mm. like, there's meant to be snow covering all of it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I was literally just in Tromso. Maybe I was walking around with a camera, looking busy. Did you ever watch? Uh, did you ever get into like slow TV? Slow TV. Yeah, like slow, slow TV. That it's like a subgenre of TV, no, which is like activity. Like you watch a very slow, like you, there's like you can watch fly fishing for eight hours. Oh, uh, like sure. And there's one which is the slow train to Bergen, where you oh. watch. It's a camera mounted on the front of the train, oh, and nice. it goes from Oslo to Bergen. Oh, beautiful. And it's it's for four to eight hours long or something yeah and it's quite scenic it's quite beautiful so my brother put that on once and i was like oh okay it's yeah. eight hours just, yeah uh,
1: there is no way of knowing which direction we are going
0: um, yeah there we go, there for you your go. Emails, thank guys. you so much for your email guys thank you so much for listening to hello oh no, i gotta play a game, so guys, got to play a game first. guys thank you so much for writing in to pop kitchen as always if you wanted to send us an email just like marta did you can do by emailing in to hello at pop but before we send it home george let's 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 play a game. George, as always, Pulp Kitchen ends with with a game. game. I'm going to get that gap like longer and longer and longer by each episode. (laughs) So Pulp Kitchen ends. The game. Right, we're going to play a game that we played last week, which I think we both enjoyed, which is which film came out first? I'm okay. going to name you two films, and you have to simply tell me which of those two films came out first. So I have to prep my to play along At home, for example, if I said, George, which film came out first, Blade Runner or Avatar The Way of the Water? Uh, Blade Runner. That would be correct. So, are you ready to go? I am. George, can you tell me which of these films came out first? Ready, Gangs of New York or Cheaper by the Dozen? Gangs of New York. Yes. The Color Purple or Blade Runner? Blade Runner. Yes. Shutter Island or Easy A? Easy A. Shutter Island. Same year though, right? Yes. Ah, oh, how many? <laughs> yes. What's the difference? Uh, Shutter Island is February. Easy A was September. Ah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two or Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange. Yes. Seven Samurai or A Streetcar Named Desire? A Streetcar Named Desire? Yes. Sleeping Beauty or Spartacus? Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Oh. 59 and then Spartacus is 60. Uh, Oceans 8 or Star Wars The Last Jedi? Oceans 8. No, Oceans 8 2018, oh, Last Jedi 2016. Yes. Oh. X-Men 2 or Donnie Darko? Uh, Donnie Darko. Yes. So there you go. <gasps> Damn it. The eight threw yeah, me. The number yeah, the title yeah. really threw me there. Yeah. And it's episode eight. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, <dumb. laughs> yeah. Last year. There's levels to this. Oh, okay, well um, oh, yeah. Sleeping Beauty you. 1959, Spartacus 1960. Um, but yeah. Sorry. I wrote out the specific dates for the ones that are in the same year, but the years when they're in different years. And for some reason I put Guardians 2 and Doctor Strange. I put the actual dates, which didn't, I didn't need to. I just needed to put the year. Anyway, that was... Guess the film. Uh, tell me which film came out first. Yes. Thank you for playing. Right, I now have we one. Should it, we should think of a name for that, like uh, like release day radar or something. Yeah, release day radar or like, <laughs> yeah, Re- Re- radar. Re- or like um, picture release. Game. We'll send it to the marketing agency. Yes, get, yeah. get our best guys on it. All right, George. I need my timer for this one. Okay. This, this is one? a this is a name seven in thirty. Okay. Right. Wait. are that one, two, three. Four, five. Yeah. <laughs> there are only five. <laughs> George, are you ready? Yeah. You have to name me seven Jennifer Lawrence films that aren't franchises. You have 30 seconds, your time starts now uh, no hard feelings yes joy yes American Hustle yes um, uh, 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 Winter's Bone um, yes and um, uh, Don't Look Up yeah uh, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence Jennifer Lawrence um, 10 seconds <laughs> Red Sparrow yes and oh God 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 hard time- <laughs> <gasps> so we have got, she has done a lot of films that uh, are in franchises. So No Hard Feelings you got, Don't Look Up you got, Joy you got, yeah. Red Sparrow you got, Mother. Ah! There's also a forgotten film called Passengers that she did oh with Chris my God, Pratt, yeah, yeah. American Hustle you said, Serena, oh, she's yeah, in, with Bradley Cooper. and then a film called Causeway. Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook, um, but yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Kind of hard. Yeah, that is. Yeah, because I was obviously so Hunger Games and X Men are the big franchises. Yeah, yeah. you would wipe out there, and um, yeah, I think I think she was a little bit uh, franchise heavy. T- in some sort of period and then she took some time off and she came back with Don't Look Up. Yeah. And now no hard feelings. No hard feelings. Yeah. Not, no strings. <laughs> You're really pushing it. I was like, no. And uh, I was wondering, was like, is she in like a cameo? My, in My head. That really, that really, yeah. really hurt my <laughs> yeah. head there. Well, guys, there you go. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pop Kitchen. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. Don't forget, we post new episodes of the show every single Wednesday. And don't forget, please do support us on Instagram and TikTok and please like like subscribe share with your friends tag your friends in videos and just continue to give us your love and support we really appreciate it it does make a difference um yeah see you next week for another episode episode 92 see you then see you then